0: Welcome to episode five of Rise and Resilience. Today's guest is J.R. Orenstein. He is the owner of his own insurance agency here on Long Island, and he is the executive producer of Hot Rides and Real Estate. JR, thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Yeah. So for people listening who may not know who you are, give a little introduction.
1: Sure. So uh, born and raised on Long Island, um, grew up uh, going to school uh, for communications And uh, when I got out, I got into the TV and film industry on the production side. And uh, that was cool. And uh, I can certainly tell you plenty of stories about that. Uh, But then eventually I did move into the insurance field in 2003, um, learned about sales and management and a little bit about marketing, uh, and then eventually opened up my own doors uh, in 2007 um, so I'm still at the same location in Great Neck, uh, New York, and, uh, we've been crushing it since.
0: So go back to, um, uh, being in production. Yeah. So you went to school for film yep. and right out of school, what did you do?
1: Yeah. So graduated from a uh, CW post now they call it LIU mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, as they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So when I graduated, no matter who I was speaking to, I would say, you know, they'd say, hey, how you doing? I'd be like, I'm great. Do you know anybody in TV and film? And eventually I'm at a friend's house and uh, my buddy's father's in the kitchen and I asked him the question, hey, do you know anybody? And he said, "Uh, actually, I've got a nephew. My nephew Murphy works in TV and film. Do you want his number? I said, yes. I called him the next day and I said, hey Murphy, I just graduated. I'm looking to get into TV and film. And uh, he said, I guess, all right, I'm going to be on NYPD Blue next week. Do you want to join me on that? <laughs> and boom, I <laughs> was in. Bit. So before you know it, I'm on uh, on set for NYPD Blue in Manhattan at 4 a.m. And it went from gig to gig. And before you know it, I'm working with uh, you know Jennifer Lopez wow. on Made in Manhattan and Jake Gyllenhaal and Dennis Quaid and The Day After Tomorrow and other little things like that. But uh, it, was a, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted for sure.
0: Yeah, and at what point did you realize that wasn't what you wanted?
1: Well, you know, I would hang out with directors and producers after being on set for like 20 hours. It, would be, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I would interview them and I'd ask them about their path, their career, their lifestyle and the more I spoke to them, the more I realized that it wasn't going to give me the lifestyle eventually I wanted to have. I wanted to be able to have a good living, work my butt off, pay my dues, but I wanted to eventually get to the point where I could be home for dinner. I could someday coach you know, my kids' ball games or something like that. Mm. And I felt after learning their stories that if I truly made it, I was not going to be able to be a father or a husband That would be home for dinner on a regular basis or be able to be free um and so i ended up making the decision i I turned down working on uh, spider-man and uh which i was called crazy for (laughs) because that was a pretty cool opportunity Mm -hmm. um but i made the right decision and it led me eventually to getting into the insurance business and uh it certainly has worked out
0: okay so that was 2007 you went into the insurance business.
1: Well, 2003 is when 2003. I I joined the business. That's when I started learning it. Okay. And then three and a half years later, that's when I opened up my own doors in Great Neck.
0: And why insurance?
1: Great question, right? <laughs> Especially when you're going from you know working cheek to cheek with Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> right? And all of a yeah. sudden I'm I'm learning how to write insurance policies. So uh, why insurance? So. The insurance business is is great for a number of reasons. One is I'm in the business of helping people in a time of need, Mm -hmm. right? So we get, certainly when you're running the business, it's sales, sales, sales. We talk about production, but we earn our paychecks truly when something bad happens, when we're getting the phone calls. Every single day, my agency, I'm getting flooded with emails of another car accident, another water loss in a house, just cha-ching, 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 just constantly. Um, And so we have the opportunity to be there for people. Um, and, and there's a lot of gratification that comes from being able to help somebody and say, don't worry, we're going to take care of you. We're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. Mm. Um, I've had experiences where, you know, when I, certainly when I was younger and I was wearing suits every day where I was going to house fires and my suits would just be like done covered in smoke because I'd be coming in after the fire department, you know? Um, so that, that's a great part of it. The other part of it is, you know, if you're good at what you do. And you put in that time and you put in that effort and you grow a team out. Mm-hmm. it can be lucrative as well. And then when it's lucrative for the agency, what that means is it's it, it, it's I'm able to provide um, for a lot of people. I'm allowed to put you know a lot of people in a much better financial position by giving them the opportunities. So I, you know I'm able to coach, I'm able to train, right? I'm able to, Um, do what I love, which is concentrate more on the marketing and trying to make it rain with opportunities for my team. Mm. And the greater you are at it, you know, the more people that you're helping. And what I find, especially with my team, when I ask them what motivates them, although we're certainly sales centric, I cannot tell you how often what I hear is I just like helping people. Mm. I like the satisfaction, the gratification I get when somebody, uh, when I'm helping them, or not just in a, in a time of acclaim, but when people are saying, help me, What I don't know what to do. do yeah. Because the truth is we're in a business where 99.9% of the people, whether they are you know working with their hands or they're uh, you know on, on a car or they're working with their hands as a brain surgeon, almost everybody really doesn't understand insurance. So we get to educate and help people and protect what's most important to them. There's a lot of gratification that comes from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's the same in like real estate sales. A lot of people who are successful in it, they always say, I love it because I'm helping people. Yeah. you know I'm helping people make the transition to a smaller home or a bigger home or yeah. their first home with their family so yeah, for sure. that's definitely something we have in common.
2: Yeah.
0: So if when you guys get those emails and those calls, you have to report to like the scene or like what's the steps with that?
1: So some people will call our, most people will call our office directly. Mm-hmm. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna speak to them and find out first of all, is this obviously something that's not a covered loss and try to prevent them from putting in a claim where they're not going to get a payout they're going to have something on their record right right and that's a kind of a difference from some companies to another right a lot of insurance companies if you make that phone call and, you're, and someone says and i was just wondering what if i had a huge <laughs> leak in my like they're they're already putting in that claim like they're right. recording it it's already going to be held against you uh, with my office i'm looking out for my client's interest and i'm saying you know for example, let's say someone's got a $2,500 deductible, meaning they're responsible for the first $2,500 anyway, and the insurance company is going to pay out anything above that. Well, if they call me up and they've got some sort of damage that was only $1,500 worth, I'm able to advise them, don't put a claim in. You're not going to get a payout under your deductible. Mm. Another insurance company may say, oh no, no, we're, gonna, we're still gonna report the loss, even though you're not gonna get a payout. Right. So most people are gonna call us up and we're gonna help first try to see upfront, is it obvious if this is covered or not? Um, do they have any idea of what the extent of damage is? And then we'll know how to proceed from there. If it is something that's covered, if it's something that uh, is certainly beyond mm-hmm. uh, the deductible, then we're gonna connect them with the claims department. Uh, and in my office, I've got someone who specializes in claims to walk people through it so that clients for example don't have to be calling up 1-800 numbers all the time and waiting for a call back we'll take care of everything for you that's special to us that's what we do but uh, yeah that's how we handle claims
0: so that would be like the benefits of someone using um local local agent, agent yeah for sure rather than someone you know geico progressive you know because they get that personal
1: right yeah well when you so you know when you're choosing when anyone is choosing their insurance company they are choosing who's going to take care of them when something bad happens. Right. That's what the contract is. Right. Right. So I get it as a consumer. You're looking at, well, all right, what's this, what's that main coverage and what's the price? And okay, one's cheaper or one's more expensive. But it's it's silly and we, tr- we try to go out of our way to educate people because- Um, policies are not created equal, insurance companies are not created equal, Mm -hmm. even if the prices are identical. It's not an identical product because we're in the service business. So you are choosing who is going to take care of you, who is going to be making calls on your behalf, who's going to help make sure that you get covered if you're not getting the answer that you want, right? Right. Who's going to be available to you at different hours, right? So you're, you're choosing your caretaker. Mm. Um, and that is the thing that sometimes gets lost. I mean, even if you're getting sued, you're literally choosing the defense team of that company.
2: Right.
1: You know, so some true. companies are $100 billion companies who can mm. afford a pretty good defense team. Some companies are startups mm. and you have no idea who you're gonna be getting. So those are different factors to consider.
0: That's true. So how long ago did you start a team? Was it like you you started your own and then You started building the team slowly. Like what was the process with that?
1: So great question. So when I started, I, it's, it's very difficult to, um, to be by yourself Mm -hmm. to start off. Right. Um, so my first day I had already hired three people (laughs) to start. Now, when you are on your day one and you've got three employees on salary, Mm. Okay, because in my agency everyone is on a salary, so it's not you know it's not um, a lot of other businesses are essentially commission only. Not that you can't be commission only in insurance; those 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 contracts exist. But in general, when I started, everyone was on salary. Okay, so I didn't make enough money to even pay their salaries. I didn't make enough money to take my own salary. So I did that all through taking out a loan. Wow. So if it wasn't for my loan, I wouldn't be able to pay for the rent because I was paying for retail space on a corner with parking in Great Neck. Okay, so I was paying thousands of dollars of rent. Wow. Thousands of dollars on insurance, thousands of dollars on payroll, and I had to take a loan out and believe in myself and believe in the process that eventually profits would come, come in. in. And it did, but you know, you have to have faith uh, in right. yourself. Sure. And you know, some people do crash and burn uh, in this business, but uh, my philosophy is, you know, if you want to grow, you have to spend. Mm. And um, and I could not be the only producer and service and manage and market. You know, you can't do it all. I, I wore a lot of those hats in the first year, way more hats than I do now. But as I've grown, I've been able to hire more and delegate more responsibilities out so that my team um, does essentially what they're specialized to do, mm. And now as someone who's in my 14th year, about to enter the 14th anniversary, uh, I can do what I enjoy doing, what I think is, you know, my greatest strengths. And and that's where it gets fun. Mm. You know, and you can do what what you love to do and delegate out the parts that you're not the biggest fan of.
0: That's the goal. Yeah. So you took a risk on yourself and it worked out. Yeah. And there are so many people, right, who they have these dreams and they're not ready to take that risk, or they don't believe in themselves, what advice would you give them?
1: My advice would be to find the people that are really good at what they do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Meet them, listen to them, Mm -hmm. um, learn their lessons. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, you don't have to repeat other people's mistakes. No doubt you will always make mistakes. Always. I made a ton of mistakes, and I had great mentors that I looked up to and learned from.
2: Mm but
1: every business evolves too. Mm-hmm. So even if you're learning, you know, you can meet a mentor and they're teaching you a lesson that they learned from 10, 20 years ago, and now the market has changed completely,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know? So, but meeting the people who are at the best of what they do and learning from them would be my my advice. And there's an enormous, enormous amount of information on YouTube. I mean, I've learned so much just by seeking out who I want to learn from. On YouTube, right? You know, whether that's marketing or selling mm-hmm. or leadership in management, you know, when, when I'm getting ready in the morning, when I'm in the shower, when I'm driving to an appointment, I'm driving home for you know, whatever it is, uh-huh. chances are I'm going to have someone wiser than me in my ear yeah. I
2: love learning that.
1: from. And because you have to constantly be learning and you have to be evolving. And uh, so that's my advice. The the resources are there. Mm -hmm. And most of those resources are available for free.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So it's really up to you. If you're truly motivated and you want to get better, then you must invest in yourself. And you have to determine, you know, when you're home Mm -hmm. and you've eaten your dinner and you're relaxing, are you doing Netflix or are you learning? That's Mm -hmm. the choice you make. But what I can tell you is the people, as it adds up, think about how many hours you're wasting maybe on some reality TV. And by the way, I get it. I watch some terrible reality TV sometimes too. And we have that time where we need. You need to. I need brainless entertainment sometimes, yeah. sometimes, right? Totally. Yeah. But, you know, I don't need to listen to my favorite radio station when I'm getting ready in the morning. I could be learning. Mm. You know, so I do like book summary videos all the time. Uh, you know, I've got every private learning disability known to man. Um, growing up it was always a struggle reading books, this and that. Thank God now in an age where I've got audible and I could do audio books, mm-hmm. or I've got YouTube and I can listen, listen. and I absorb it. Yeah. So I'm going through book after book after book. Wow. And a lot of times I'm just doing summary books where it's like someone's read it and they're giving you in 10 minutes exactly what all the lessons are. And you can get through so much more information
0: Oh, I like that. Doing
1: that, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. And so that's what I recommend, yeah.
0: And those are on YouTube, like the summary oh, yeah. books? Oh,
1: yeah. You look up any book. Uh-huh. Any book, let's say someone's recommended. And you're like, I totally want to read that, but I just don't have the time. Right. Just type in the book and do summary. And you're going to find all these people who have read the book, uh-huh. have notes, who are giving you all the highlights, and you get the gist of it. I love that. Yeah.
0: So in a field that's competitive, like you know my own field, what do you do? What does your team do to really stick out? And like, make yourselves different than the rest.
1: So for one, um, you know, on social media, we certainly try to showcase who we are and mm-hmm. what we do, and show that you know we're real people and we're not stiff and behind a desk and you know <laughs> robots. robots. you know, <laughs> we're real people and we try to have fun. So we're, we're certainly putting ourselves out there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but. One of the things that we stress, because again, in, in my field, if you're in the insurance business, um, the most common sort of pitch is, "Hey, I'm—we've got really cheap insurance, and I'm really quick." Like everyone says that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's about as useless as you know Verizon telling you, "We've got you know five star customer service. We're the best customer service." And then, and then AT T says that, and then T right. Mobile says it. Everyone saying the same thing. Right? Yeah, it's all crap. So. So, so really what can separate you is a, are you coming across as someone who is truly genuine right. and you care. care? Um, are you someone who is interested in only what's in it for you? Or are you actually providing a value?
2: Mm.
1: Um, and one of the greatest differentiators that we have found has worked in creating new relationships and certainly maintaining them. It's our availability.
2: Mm.
1: It's our reliability. Right. And so we work with people who understand that we can be an asset to them and help their business. Right. I'm not in the interest of saying, Andrew, would you do me a favor Mm. and refer your clients to me so I can make more money? Like, Why would you ever refer to me? Right. Right. The only reason that you should ever recommend your clients to me is because it's going to help you.
2: Mm.
1: It's going to help you look better. It's going to help your process be better, right? Maybe you've got a client who's looking at a house and they're like, you know, Andrew, this is great, but it's a little bit out of my budget. And now you're able to say, all right, well, how could I help this person's budget? Maybe if I can save them a little bit money on their insurance and make sure that they're getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Or I want to help my client have a much better process because the home buying experience does not end when you find the house. Right. All of a sudden, once the house is found, you know, a lot of headaches begin after that. Yeah. Right, and there's a, some dreams will get squashed. Mm-hmm. They thought they were going to get approved, and right. they find out that they didn't. Some people find out. I can't tell you how many times I've seen real estate deals crash and burn because they find out. Oh, I didn't know I needed flood insurance. And mm. what do you mean the flood insurance is three thousand dollars a year? Now all of a sudden they're you know uh, they're off the charts right. and their debt income and they're not getting approved and crash and burn. Right. Right. And so it's just better. I've got realtors who will call me up and say, you know what? I've got a client who's going to be looking at this house. It's kind of close to the water. Can you give me just some sort of idea of what the insurance is going to be? So now we're, we're just a tool in your tool belt mm. to help see are, are you wasting their time showing them something that's going to be unaffordable right. because of factors that you're not thinking of at the time? Right. Or are we looking at the big picture? So hopefully you know, you'd be working with me if you see the value. I'm going to help make you look good. I'm going to make it be smooth. There's not going to be mistakes. We're going to check things up front and not wait until you've already just emotionally attached, you know, to something that might not go through. Right. Those types of things. But it only works. Everyone who does recommend their clients to us, it works because they understand we're helping them. Right. you know, so I'm getting calls that's on Sundays. I'm getting calls at you know, or text messages at 10 p.m. And a lot of the competition is not that separates us. Mm. And if I'm going into the insurance business, I'm giving advice to anyone who's doing that. Mm-hmm. You have to make yourself available. If you've got a nine to five mentality, which realtors enough. obviously don't because it's right. not a nine to five job. Right. But in the insurance business, most insurance agencies or businesses are kind of nine to five. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we'll get back to you tomorrow. Mm. And with me and my team, it's like, no, 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 no. We're getting back to you right now, right now. I don't care what time it is. And so that's what I look for with my team is, uh, you know, a couple of years ago I said, here's the deal guys, if you want referrals, right? If you want to make 300 calls a day called calling, go ahead, I'm not going to stop you. I wouldn't do it. I don't want you to, you don't have to do it. What you have to do is concentrate on making meaningful relationships and helping people. And if you do it right, if you market yourself, and show what your value is, you can get the DMs, you can get the calls, Naturally. you can get the text, and our phone's going to ring. Right. Because, you know, in sales, the ultimate nirvana is people are coming to you. You're not having to hunt people down and beg people to do business. Right. So I don't I don't want my team begging strangers to give them a chance for insurance. And I certainly don't beg and want my people begging Realtors or loan officers we speak we get to know each other if we Mm -hmm. hit it off and you trust us and you think I can help you Mm -hmm. Then call me Mm -hmm. and that approach It's a more of a long game approach, but it has snowballed And now we're just getting hit up with, you know requests on a regular basis throughout the day Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help my client? Can you help my client?
0: That's great. So there's definitely value for real estate agents to to find an insurance agent that they like and they wanna start that relationship with.
1: Yeah, and obviously it's not a situation, I would never suggest to a realtor that you say, here's who we use or something like right. that. It's just a matter of saying, hey, but if you don't have anyone that you're attached to, I got a great guy, right? Or I've got, mm-hmm. so I've got an agent who, who who's fantastic, who's helped a lot of my clients, would you like their name and number? Right. whatever."
0: Leave it at that. Yeah, leave it at
1: that. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't want anyone ever feeling pressured, pressured to speak yeah. to me. Right. And I would never <laughs> ask a realtor or expect a realtor or a loan officer to try to pressure their client to working with anybody else. Right. You know, you you work
2: with
0: who you're comfortable. comfortable with. That's it. Yeah. It's all about building relationships. 100%. That's it. It has to be natural. So social media.
2: Yeah.
0: How has that helped you and your team stand out or have fun, like be different, you know, because like you said, it's so easy to fall into that trap and be those robots or people think that you're the robots. Yeah. But when you go on your Instagram, it's, it's fun. There's cars, there's, you know, your, your team doing fun things. So,
1: well, it's, uh, it's been a game changer. Mm -hmm. And what I can tell you is that, you know, as an insurance agent, you know, we were talking before, you know, realtors can put. Pictures of beautiful homes, or even if it's not their own listing, right? Right, you see that game a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Look at this beautiful house. Yeah, it's not, it's my not my listing, modesty. but it's a beautiful house, right? You see, you see a yeah. lot of that, and and with insurance, I can't show insurance policies. That's right. that, I wouldn't get too many followers. I also would not get too much attention if I was talking about insurance too much. <laughs> Because insurance is boring. Yeah. Unlike this conversation, which is is fantastic. Right? <laughs> right? right? But insurance itself, I get it, is not a sexy topic. So uh, we found out that we're really competitive and we're really good with the super high end market. Now we insure everything from a you know a 1989 Honda Civic, but all the way to a twenty twenty-one Lamborghini, you know. Mm. So we do it all. But social media, you know, if I was posting pictures of civics, it's not going to get too much attention. Right. I post pictures of the high-end cars that we insure. It gets a lot more attention. So we found a way that to get a, a few more eyeballs. Mm. And the name of the game is, it's attention. Right. right. It's all about attention and giving something that does two things. A. I want I want viewers to see who am I, but more even more importantly than who am I, who who are the people on my team? Who are we collectively? Mm. Right. What's our vibe? What's our culture? Who are who, who? Who are we? Right? I get comments on a regular basis. I feel like I know you guys. It looks like such a fun place to work. Yeah, it's so cool. And they don't even know us. They've never even met some. You know. Mm-hmm. And you get those. It so. But if I was saying, if I was doing postings about call me to save money on your insurance, would you ever go to my Instagram story again? No. What for an insurance commercial? <laughs> no. So we don't do that. So we're just showcasing, hey, here's, you know, Maria in my office, here's Angela in my office, right? And we're smiling, we're happy, and we hope you have a great week, Mm -hmm. and we're being silly, and we're being fun. And you're going to see what we do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you're coming to our page, you're going to see what we do. And if you like what you see, and you want to contact us, contact us. But it's not going to be because I did an advertisement to try to save some money on insurance. Nor do I even want to be the, we can save you money on your insurance business Do we aim to save everybody money? Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't want to be the 90, my brand is not the 99 cent store of insurance. Right. Okay. Because I do believe you get what you pay for. Mm. So I want to be able to, I want people to understand that when they're coming to us, they're going to be getting proper advice, that they're going to be having, they're going to be asked the right questions so that we can customize plans for them. I don't want to provide cookie cutter stuff and then pray, are we cheaper? Are we cheaper? To me, that is just it's irresponsible. It goes against what my role is um, as a a financial, not advisor, but a a risk advisor. It Mm -hmm. completely goes against that. So we're always trying to try to be as competitive as we can. But just like a loan officer doesn't have control over the interest rates, Mm. right? I don't have any control over the insurance rates. What I do control is making sure that we have the right conversation, that I educate you so that you can make smart decisions for yourself. And if you're someone who says, I don't know, Jared, just tell me what to do, then I'm educated uh, and have enough experience to say, here's what I think you should do. You know, because some clients are saying, tell me, I don't know, what does everyone else do? What right. should I do? And then there's clients that think they know more than they do. Right. And we yeah. just we, we just aim to educate and provide options and whatever option you choose it's at least financially responsible.
2: Right. You know?
0: So you insure cars, houses, yeah. life yeah and commercial Commercial. yeah
1: so everything from um, you know businesses okay insuring the business to doing commercial auto Um, and uh, certainly life insurance is a big part of what we do actually you know life insurance is it's not the majority of you know most people are coming to us for auto and home right but um, we do a lot of life insurance as well especially because of our homeowners so just for example, if you if you're buying a house, and let's say you're a married couple, hmm. and you've got a four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, most Americans obviously it doesn't apply to all, but most Americans are re- are looking for are requiring two streams of income to even cover that mortgage or cover all of their bills, right? Sure. Um, and if it's not two, then it's it's normally one, right? Either way, you've got owners that are dependent on someone's income, right? To make sure that they can make those mortgage payments. So what happens if that income gets cut off? Whether it's you know someone passes away or right. they get injured and they're sick, if that income's not coming in, likely the other person's gonna have to sell the house.
2: Mm.
1: And they're likely gonna have to sell the house in an emergency in a, where they're gonna take a loss. Right. Right. So what we do is we talk to people about at least make sure that you've got enough life insurance to cover the mortgage. So if something happens to you or your spouse, the surviving spouse has the money to pay off the mortgage and they get to keep the house, you know, change it, right? Because people spend all this time and energy and working to afford this house. Right. Now imagine you've got kids too, right? Yeah. And you're buying this house. It's, it's important to you. You probably want it to stay with your family.
2: Mm.
1: Right. And so for something like 30, 40, $50 a month, you can at least have a guarantee that if something happens to you, that house is paid off and no one's got to move. And now you're not going to a new town. And the kids don't have to go to right. school. It's, it's a no a, brainer. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Right. So we're at least, we always have that conversation and saying, you know, you've got a $2,500 mortgage payment. Well, for 2550 if something happens, your mortgage is paid you're off. Rough. Yeah. So exactly. that's a conversation that we have. And I think it's really important that, again, people need to know that that option exists. Yes. Right. Because they're not thinking about it. No one wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I was thinking, if uh, I get hit by a bus today, uh, can, my, <laughs> uh, can my spouse pay? And what would happen? I mean, no one's going to. right you know so it's our job to say hey by the way this is a real life thing that happens to people Mm -hmm. if this is important to you and you would want us to help you with that i can Mm -hmm. if it's not something that you want or you don't care about you're like hey sell the house i don't care i'm gone that's cool too (laughs) but 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 we want to make sure that you know what your options are here's a classic hypothetical here's something that can happen right here's what the repercussions would be i can guarantee that that doesn't happen for a few extra bucks Mm. do you want to do it or not you know, just get, and so we're right. not hard selling anybody. We're just saying here are the options, right? you know?
0: And it's, it's funny because it's like within the past few years, I've been like learning about life insurance and I'm like, do I need it? Is it important? And it's like, when you put it that way, it's very important.
1: A hundred percent. It's income replacement essentially. So it's either, it's either you're doing it because, um, you know, listen, your debt does not go away with you just cause you're gone. Right. So someone's gonna take that bill. It's true. So you're either saying, I'll take care of it, or we will collectively do something to make sure that I'm not putting that bill on someone else.
2: Right.
1: Um, or they are going to take over the bill. And then the other part is, all right, well, you know, for example, if you've got a, let's say you got an eight-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, well, how many years are you planning on taking care of your child? And you say, well, let's say until they're 18. After that, I don't care. All right, so you've got 10 more years mm-hmm. that you're financially taking care of them. Do you have anything that guarantees that they're going to have that income for 10 more years to make sure food's on the table, the roof is over the head? Right. Do, you, do you care that they go to college? Do you want to make sure that there's money for the college? Do you want right. your final expenses paid off? Or are you okay with someone else picking up that bill? Or potentially your kid can't go to college or the college that they'd want to? Mm-hmm. And so we just ask those questions.
2: And makes if people want, think.
1: Yeah, and if they want a plan, you'd be shocked how cheap it can be. Mm. You'd be shocked how cheap it is. You know what I mean? In many cases, people can accomplish protecting the things that are most important to them mm. for one, two, 3% of their income. Wow. You know, and there's so many different plans. So, I mean, listen, I've helped people with life insurance that they're living in public housing. I'm going into like security checks and doing policies and lobbies. And those people can are saying, I can do a dollar a day. I can do 30 bucks a month to make sure my kid is taken care of,
2: mm.
1: you know? And there's plans that you can do for that. So it's just, I mean, we just like to have those conversations and present people with their options.
0: Right. That's, it's a lot to think about, but it's definitely something I need to consider. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are the steps for someone to become an insurance agent?
1: So you have to get licensed. Okay. All right. Now in New York State, every state is different. In New York State, um, to be a property and casualty, so that's home, auto, and commercial. Okay. Um, you have to take a course that, uh, that's 90 hours. Uh, it used to be it had to be in person. Now you can do that online, but it's a 90-hour course. Then you have to pass the final exam for that. And then, if you pass the final exam, you are eligible to take the state exam. You pass the state exam, oh, wow. congratulations, you are a New York State licensed insurance agent okay. or broker. Yeah. Sure. And then at, at that point, you're either, you know, ideally you should be working for someone else and learning the business, or maybe you were already working for someone and learning it. But at that point, you're, you know, you're choosing your path of what maybe specialty you want to mm-hmm. go into. Do you want to be in a, in, a, in a business that sells one particular type of product? Um, you know, some people go into life insurance to sell life insurance or their life and health. Some people just want to do home and auto. Right. Some people like myself like to be able to provide everything, everything, you know, um, and just let people know what their options are. And we're in a position not to help provide that. But, um, at that point, you know, you're just looking to get a job somewhere right? and get your feet wet. I would not recommend saying, I think I'll go into the insurance business. I'm just going to start an agency. No, You should work Learn. in the business and make sure you like it because the learning curve is huge. Mm -hmm. And I personally would not want to be learning the basics while I've got the rent to pay and the payroll to pay and all of that. I'd rather just get paid a salary or commission this and that. You pay me while I'm learning, Learning. that's a great deal. And then you find out, am I good at it? Do Do I I like it? it? Because this is not a stepping stone business. This is a career move. Mm -hmm. And you don't make, you know, Insurance, a lot of people on the outside, they, they, they don't realize you don't make a lot of money just because you sell a homeowner's policy. You got to sell a lot of homeowner's policy. <laughs> right. You got to sell a lot of cars, mm-hmm. okay? Like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. So it's it's a volume game. Right. Unless you're going into a business where you're doing commercial and we're talking about, you know, selling insurance where, you know, people are paying $100,000 plus per policy. Mm-hmm. Yes, those. that's not a high volume game. But if you're getting into standard you know, local, a home, an auto, you got to sell a lot of it. You got to mm-hmm. sell a lot of it. And then it takes time because in some cases between your marketing and your business expenses, you're really not even making any money on what you're selling for maybe two years. Right. So again, that's where you have to have faith in yourself and the yeah. process and the patience for what you earn on the back end. Mm. You know, if you do it long enough, it grows.
0: Right. Yeah. And how many employees do you have? Like how big is your team?
1: Uh, I think we're at Nine. Um, and that's a mix of sales, uh, customer care, okay. marketing, things like that.
0: And uh, last year, because of COVID, how did how did that happen? Like, what? Like, so, how were you affected by that?
1: So, um, I'm both proud and ashamed to say that we had by far our best year wow. in 2020. So I feel bad saying that yeah, because obviously so many, so many businesses uh, suffered greatly. Right. Um, luckily, what happened with the market was when COVID hit and everything, you know, initially just got shut down, right? The The real estate market got shut down, mm-hmm. the The car business got shut down, dealerships were shut down, realtors couldn't show houses. Right. Um, so there was an initial gut punch where all of a sudden we went, you know, where we were, get, we did like 50% of the prior month. And it was like, oh my God, you know, but somehow the car business and and real estate came back came Mm. back roaring
2: yeah
1: (laughs) and so did we and all of a sudden you know april uh it wasn't april i say may we broke our agency record you know for my whole career and then all of a sudden like the next month was a record and we just kept on going up 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 so i think it was a culmination of the markets kind of got hot Mm -hmm. for real estate and the car market um we also Um, I think, did a better job with creating new relationships digitally. Mm. Um, And somehow just our referrals just started to grow, 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 grow. So it's by far not even close to the best production Mm. year we ever had. Um, And I cannot tell you how incredibly thankful I am Mm. uh, for that. But Mm. yeah, I mean, COVID ended up in 20. I can't say COVID was a good thing. 2020 was good for the business.
2: Right.
0: A lot of people have that guilt saying that. Especially a lot of people I know in real estate who had their best years in 2020. Yeah. It's like everything's so wrong with the world, and people are suffering, but you you're just in the right field at the right time, and it's you know it's it's tough because you yeah. don't want people to be like, "Oh, they're bragging or whatever, but you had your best year, and yeah. it it was just that's the way it was.
1: You know, I, 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 yes, I, I feel, obviously I feel terrible for, for all those businesses. And we certainly have gone out of our way to try to support local businesses. Right. We were supporting healthcare workers by just donating free meals to them on a regular basis. And trying to give back for sure. Right. But we busted our butt. We just, uh, we went fully remote, which that was a, a whole new experience. Right. And now all of our meetings were Zoom meetings and uh, we still do that. We're still... We're actually more remote than we are in the office. Mm. Um, we haven't kind of shifted completely right. back to everyone being in the office,
2: right?
1: Partially because we did we proved that we can do such a great job, yeah. remotely. And then you know some people um, like it more than others. Some people like the <laughs> idea of working in their pajamas, right? <laughs> some people want to get into the office. So yeah. for me, it's a hey, you know, if you're busting your butt and you are, you know, I should say kicking butt. Then if you want and you can do that, you know, uh, in your home office or at your kitchen table, then so be it.
0: So you be know, it I just right. want
1: everyone to be happy, and productive.
0: Yeah, I think the world's going to change now because now everyone knows you can do things remote. That's right. You don't need to go into the office.
1: That's right. But, you know, I, I feel strongly that we I love starting relationships online. Mm-hmm. But eventually we take it offline. Right. You know, eventually it's it's meeting or it's eventually speaking it's not all like i only know you via you know dm or text Text, or something like that but it's such a great way to find people and to start relationships sure yeah
0: so what's your like favorite part about owning your own business
1: so i'd say there's a few different parts certainly freedom Mm -hmm. is great you know part of being an entrepreneur and getting into your business. I read, um, let me start off by saying one of the greatest books I ever read Mm. and I recommend to anyone going into business, starting their own business is to read. And and everyone who knows me has said, I've heard JR say this many times, (laughs) but it's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Okay. I read that book. That was one of those books. uh, I should say I didn't read it. I listened to it because I had to, I (laughs) do. But that was the, that was a, Um, a holy crap moment for me. That was a, wow, this just became my Bible sort of book. Hmm. Um, And it really talks about the mistakes that entrepreneurs make often, which is, okay, I'm really good as a salesperson. I'm really good at making this thing. So now I'm gonna start a business and I'm gonna own it and I'm gonna do it my way. And what often happens are those entrepreneurs end up trading their job for just another job that has more responsibilities. Because they're still depending on themselves to do all Everything. of the frontline stuff. And what I love about being an entrepreneur and what I think is the, should be the ultimate goal, but to each their own, mm-hmm. is that you get to the point where you can concentrate on what you want to concentrate on.
2: Mm.
1: And maybe that's an aspect of your business and for some maybe that's working on your golf swing. But <laughs> but 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 it's a lot it's getting to the point where you're building the lifestyle that you want. Right you know, with a business that you love. So it's for the same reason that I told you, why did I get out of TV and film production? This is part of the reason why I love what I do.
0: Makes sense. I can have
1: dinner with my family. Right. I can, you know, go to my kid, you know, my my seven-year-old girl is now uh, playing lacrosse and I'm going to be at every single practice and I'm going to be able to make time and be able to practice one-on-one with her and go Mm -hmm. to the park and do those types of things Mm -hmm. because of the lifestyle I have. And, you know, I'm in year 14, my year one, I was in the office way before anybody and I was leaving after everybody and I was doing a lot of sales and I I didn't have any life, but I paid my dues and I got to the point where I can hire out and delegate. The other aspect is, you know, first of all, I love being creative. Mm. I love thinking outside of the box and I love strategizing, love that. So being an entrepreneur, having all my business, I can concentrate on that and there's no telling, no one is telling me what to do or how to run my business. Right. I'm seeking out different ideas across the board and if I find something or I think of something, I'm like, all right, let's do it, mm. let's go for it, let me try this and you know, so that freedom uh, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I can also tell you that I personally get way more satisfaction when members of my team are successful yeah. than I ever had when I was a team member working in an office and making sales for myself, or even as an agency owner. Right. If I make a sale, you know, it, yeah. I'm, it, it's like one second. One second later, I'm over it. I'm not high fiving people and saying, <laughs> "Look at me! I right. made the sale!" Like I don't, I'm, I'm way over it. But if a if if one of my agents comes into my office or calls me and said. I work. I did it, and this worked, and we made the sale. That's what brightens my day. That will make my day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if it's my sale, I don't even care. Right. So that's like a that. huge part of what I love about having a business: is you get, you, there's, you know, it's helping people, it's helping the team members, it's seeing success through their eyes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then and having the freedom to run it the way I want. Mm-hmm. You know. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, watching your team grow and be successful, that's like probably the best feeling in the world.
1: It is. Yeah. But but I'll tell you, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Right. You know, you know, any entrepreneur would be full of it if they said, everyone that works for me kills it. Right.
0: No. It's not realistic. No. Yeah.
1: and But what I can tell you is, in so many cases over the years, because again, I've been in business for 14 years, so not mm-hmm. everyone knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm those cases, I cannot tell you if there's some things that have really kept me up at night, Mm. it's where I felt that I failed someone Mm. and not giving them enough tools to be successful. That really bothers me. When things don't work out, I blame myself. Uh, Eventually. I've certainly had my moments where I'm pointing the finger. Why are you doing this? (laughs) No no doubt about it. But ultimately, (laughs) once I start thinking about it, Mm -hmm. I process that as, okay, that was my failure. What have I learned from this? I'm trying not to repeat those mistakes again.
0: Right. So would you say that's like the toughest part of the business?
1: No, there's nothing tougher. Yeah. Nothing is tougher than finding great people, Mm. um, the process of coaching and training, being consistent. Mm. It's a struggle for me, you know, and I love doing it. But you know, I, I'm so scatterbrained sometimes yeah. that I'm getting pulled in different directions. Right. And I've got different flavors of the week in my head yeah. and this and that. And sometimes I get taken away from those types of responsibilities. And um, but it is it is the toughest part is finding good people mm. and then making sure that you're putting people in the right position to succeed. succeed. And even when people are crushing it, you know, the members of my team become members of my family and if something is going wrong with them that affects me too
2: right
1: you know and people have personalized yeah you know people have emotional up and down ups and downs and so uh, that's always taken into consideration you know if someone someone can have a really bad day sometimes people need to not come to work some right. people are gonna get sick and you know whatever it is um, and so that's all part of the relationship uh, and things can happen. To the business, mm-hmm. so you got to be ready. You got to be prepared. Yeah, you know, one day everything is great, you're breaking records. The next day, it's I feel like everything's going to crumble. You right. know, you every Roll entrepreneur is going to go through those emotions right. and challenges. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been knocked down hard over the last fourteen years. Right. Um, but you find a way to to get up Keep again. Going. You yeah. know, it's cliche, but it's it's true. true. Yeah.
0: I love that. So let's talk about hot rise in real estate sure and how that idea came about
1: so um you know i was uh, buddies with uh, jb mm-hmm. and um you know i'm always kind of thinking about marketing and you know we saw this rise of podcasts coming up and all of a sudden mm-hmm. lots of youtube right and lots of content creation right and i liked the idea of having some sort of show that would be interviewing people that are really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I wanted was something that was different. Mm. What would separate it, right? What what would be a different angle?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with my background doing homeowners insurance and car insurance, and JB having um, a background in real estate, you know, and because we do so many, I insure so many exotic cars, right. I said, you know, I went over to uh, to JB and I I was going to talk to him about two different ideas that I had. All right. Now, the first idea I will not share with you <laughs> because it may still happen.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> But while I'm driving there, while I'm driving to JB to talk and kind of uh, talk about some ideas that uh-huh. I had, I'm literally at the red light. I'm talking about maybe a quarter of a mile from JB's office. And that's when the idea hit me. Why don't we do kind of a podcast interview, but in exotic cars?
0: Brilliant!
1: All right, and uh, and so I go over there. So that was I, I wrote that note at the stop sign on my phone, and I go there and I and I start off with my first idea, and JB's like, yeah, no, that sounds good. Too, too. And I said, well, I got another idea I just thought of, and I pre- and I presented that, and he's like, I love it, I love it. Let's, <laughs> let's totally do it. Let's totally do it. And uh, I was like, great, great, great. And, uh, and then JB's genius was like a month later. He's like, all right, so I've got a crew, I've got some, I already know who our first guest is gonna be and I was like, whoa, you acted <laughs> so fast, took the idea. And all of a sudden now we're having meetings we're talking a little bit about more details mm-hmm. and we're talking about how are we going to fund this thing and all of that. So it was a kind of, you know, random thought that came into my head about the concept of doing interviews of real estate agents Um, you know, in exotic cars. And then JB was able to take that initial idea and then be able to put some of those pieces together Together. quite quickly. And he had relationships that I had not had with some of the greatest realtors in our local market. So combined, we're able to put something together. And, you know, season one was also a big learning experience because neither one of us had put together any sort of show. So plenty of learning experiences. And, you know, I know that with your background and you've studied...
2: You know, I watched
1: those things and I was like, ooh, maybe I would have done that different. Ooh, I would yeah. have cut that shorter. Ooh, I would right. have taken that out. That's okay. You know, there's growing pains. Yeah. But it got a great response.
0: Yeah, it, was it awesome. got a
1: great response and I was getting, you know, messages. How can I be on the show? <laughs> and things like that. But it was a lot of fun. We've met some great people, some extraordinarily talented, hardworking people. Mm-hmm. So now we are uh, in talks uh, about what we're going to be doing for season two. And what I can tell you, um uh, is uh, no details but what i can tell you is that it is going to be bigger it's going to be better it's going to have segments new segments that never existed before okay um and we might be expanding beyond our local area as well so some fun stuff uh definitely
0: when do you think we can expect that
1: i would say sometime this spring
0: oh soon yeah we're okay. gonna be getting
1: started pretty soon, but um, there's gonna be more planning uh, into each episode, and they're gonna be spaced out more than they ever were. Okay. Uh, to make sure that we have everything that we want in line. It makes and sense. We, yeah. So.
0: How was that to go back and like produce something? Did, did you like enjoy that?
1: I did. Well, first of all, I, I wanna I, I wanna make sure that I say that I may I came up with. You know, that, that that basic idea for it. Right. But so much of what you see on that show is coming from JB, JB. and
0: his team. Uh, his team. Yeah, they're great. You know,
1: so an amazing team. Everyone, they put in so many hours, right. so many hours uh, into doing that. So I don't want to take too much credit quite right. frankly. Um, but it's, it's really a collection of a lot of people who, and the greatest part about it is doing something like that. And it was kind of taking me back to my days, right? You that's know, what I meant. Yeah, yeah um, is that it's got to be the most fun way to work that I've ever had. Yeah, you know, it's like, man, you're you're driving around in an exotic car. You're going to different locations. You're meeting some really talented people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just fun. You feel like you're just playing hooky. You know, what I mean? Right. Like it just doesn't it's feel. like- It's not work. Yeah, yeah. But it's marketing, and marketing is part of work.
0: Absolutely.
1: So yeah, loved it. Loved it.
0: So have you always been a car guy, or? Uh, no, not really.
1: <laughs> I became a car guy once I realized that I love insuring that. Yeah, that really pumped good me up. But I'm, I've got a lot to learn. I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm at the point where I'm pretty damn good at if I spot the car, I know what the make and model is. And that's before good. then, all I would have been able to say is, okay, I see that that's a bad way, but right. I don't know. The hell that is I see that that's a Lamborghini so now I'm constantly like when I'm seeing the pictures testing myself mm. do I know what make and model that is Do I know what makes that special so I'm learning a lot and I no doubt have a much greater appreciation for these cars
2: mm.
1: um, before it was like oh that's a cool car whatever <laughs> yeah you know but um, but you know I'm not uh, someone who brought up a car enthusiast or anything like okay. that yeah
0: what's your favorite car
1: well, you've got the sentimental choice, right? My sentimental choice would be my first car, <laughs> which was a Jeep Cherokee, which oh, was a great hand me down. And I have a lot of attachment to that car because it was my first car and also because it was stolen from me when I was in college out of the parking lot. I parked my car a month and I go into my dorm room. Uh-huh. I come back an hour later and my car is gone and that's never happened to me before. Right. right. I come back and I'm like, I'm pretty, sure I was,
2: pretty sure I was right.
1: Here. <laughs> right? And you start going through these crazy thoughts where you're like, okay, maybe I'm crazy. Right. You start questioning your insanity. So, yeah. You say, maybe I parked it in a different parking lot. I went to every parking lot on the CW Post campus oh thinking, gosh. maybe I'm crazy. And it just wasn't showing up. It wasn't showing up. <laughs> I had... Now, this was... when When that happened, this was probably like maybe... 2001 okay okay and the car was so i was on i was on the lacrosse team over there so I, all of my my lacrosse, tech, all my lacrosse equipment was in my car gone oh, and back then know. we didn't have mp3s so we had cds right. my entire music collection which was my cd uh little uh, folders yeah in the car gone no yeah so I lost my, my my baby, my car, uh-huh. I lost all my music, and I lost my lacrosse equipment, got stolen from it. Um, eventually they found the car, okay. like uptown, I think it was like either in, in Bronx or Yonkers, and it was in, in pieces. It was like mm, stripped done. completely down. Um, but luckily I had a good insurance and I got <laughs> enough money to get my next car. Um, I ended up getting a Nissan Maxima. But uh, if I were to get a super high-end car maybe yeah. today, I, I have a little bit of a... I, I love Porsches. I love... I I don't know what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm not super fancy. You know, I sometimes I'm a little shy and I don't even know if I want the extra attention right. of some of the other vehicles. Um, and I feel like a Porsche is kind of like a little, not understated, but just a little bit more mellow, but still Amazing. gorgeous and a beautiful machine. True. You know, it's not that it's not going to catch eyes, but less so than a you know fluorescent green ferrari, ferrari. or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so true. i'd probably go for the portion
0: okay yeah. and um what do you do for fun
2: well
1: you know when you when you've got a business and you're married and you've got a, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old mm-hmm. um it's it's a different kind of fun right so i'm in right. a different uh phase, phase. in my life I, I mean, I know it's cheesy. I just love my time with my children and my family. Yeah. And I love doing corny dad stuff, you know, with oh, my kids that. and family. So I love that. I'm the happiest probably when with my family, mm. especially when we're eating because I love food too much. Um, if I'm an addict, I'm a food addict. What's so, your favorite
0: food?
1: Well, Italian because my mother's Italian. Okay. So, you know, I grew up and it was, you know, Sunday sauce yep. and, you know, <laughs> eating until you want to throw up <laughs> yeah so i love food, but yeah but uh we we certainly eat a lot of sushi as well my kids have been eating sushi since you know they're like this tall really? they crave it they beg me for it all the time is it sushi mm-hmm. night is it sushi uh, night? you know
0: where do you guys go for sushi
1: um well i'm in i'm in Sayasit. there's a great sushi place called arada over there okay um so if we're gonna do take out or we're going there arada is fantastic okay. otherwise there's another place and they deliver they're Plainview called Kumo. Love Kumo. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a f- I think there's a few locations, but we love that. But fun in general, it's either time with family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or I'm still my 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 truest friends. You know, my inner circle are the are the guys that I grew up with, that I went to middle school and high huh. school with. So you know, that's normally if I've got a night out and I'm going to be hanging out and I want to be with my friends, I'm hanging out with the guys that. I grew up with and we still we we still hang out so we try to make time um, you know for that but it's uh, it's time with family it's Mm. restaurants yeah you know and then it's hanging out with the guys that are truly my brothers
0: I love that what advice would you give someone who's like juggling or trying to find that balance between work and life especially as entrepreneurs because technically we can go 24 days a week
1: yeah I I would say you know it depends on what your goals are You know, some people are saying, man, if I could make $100,000 a year, I'm good. Then there's, but if you've got the mindset of, I want to be a $10 million a year, like your 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 path is going to be different. Right. It's going to have to be very different. So step one is knowing what do you want?
2: Mm.
1: What do you want? How hard do you want to go? You know, it also depends on what stage in your life you're, you're in. at, yeah. all right? So when I started, I was single with no kids mm. so it didn't matter that i was coming home at 9 p.m
2: right
1: or 10 p.m didn't matter no one was waiting for me
0: sure
1: you know so my recommendation is if you're in position to work those really long hard hours because you don't have dependence or you don't have any you don't, you don't have those other commitments mm. now is the time to go 100 percent, full throttle go mm. hard as you can because the harder you go now the less you'll have to go later. You can build a nice strong foundation. And if you get to the point where now you need to find kind of family work balance, you put in that time, you got to that point. Yeah. It's harder to say, well, I'm gonna go at a kind of a 60, 70% uh, pace
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I wanna be home for dinner. Mm. You know. So it really, it, it's such a personal question Yeah, it is. to find that balance. For me, being an entrepreneur and paying my dues for so many years has allowed me to have the balance that I want, and what I can tell you is, I could grow my business more, and we could increase our profits mm-hmm. um, just by me working more hours, right? Right, or 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 or, or being away from my family more. Mm-hmm. I could do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I say, but what's what am I getting out of it? What am I losing? Right. And I've got to find that balance. Some things are just not worthy. Of my time, and the older you get, the more you find out how insanely important your time mm. is, and you don't want to. And and so you know, it's it's like if someone makes. Let me just give you a quick example. Let's say that someone makes a million dollars a year. Mm. Going from one million to one point one, right, a hundred thousand dollars more is likely not going to change their lifestyle. Right. But what if that extra one hundred thousand dollars with is going to take up, let's say, three or four more hours of your day. Mm. You ask yourself, do I want to give up those three or four hours more per day
2: Mm -hmm.
1: for that extra 100,000, that's not even going to affect my lifestyle. Some people may say, absolutely, of course, that's a 10% increase. Other people may mm. say, you know what, it's not worth it because I'm not even gonna be happier. Right. I'm making more than enough money anyway. Right. And those are three or four hours I could be spending with my kids or my spouse or going on vacation or doing whatever it is and have more freedom. So you gotta, you, you gotta find out what's most important to you. What are your priorities?
0: That's mm. true. Yeah. So I wanna end with um, something fun. If you yeah. could choose one superpower. Oh boy. <laughs> what would it be and why?
1: Man, you know who would love that question is my son Benjamin, right? Who now has like all of these Avengers stickers all over his walls. (laughs) I just got an Incredible Hulk camper, and it was like Christmas for him. That's cool. Oh my god, I've got my own Incredible Hulk camper. Um, It's it that that's a tough one. So any superpower? Well, considering I'd love to free up some more time,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I guess speed. Maybe speed would be helpful. So maybe the flash. flash. <laughs> maybe the flash. I'd get more done. Cool. And then I could just, you know, yeah. spend more time being with my kids. Yeah, that yeah. makes
0: sense. I like that. Yeah. Cool. So how can people connect with you, find you, call you?
1: Sure. So, you know, there aren't that many J.R. Ornsteins out there. So if you, <laughs> whether you're on Google, mm-hmm. you're on, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, wherever you can have a search. Mm-hmm. If you type in my name, I'm going to show up. Okay. I'm going to show up. You're, you're, you're going to find me. But I'm on all platforms and certainly you can always call my cell phone, uh, 516-286-3554. You can call my office directly if you want to work with my team. Uh, that's 516-466-3276. What I can tell you is in almost every case, the way that we work, just so people understand from an expectation is... Mm-hmm reach out to me. I always want to be your, your first point mm-hmm. so I can get to know you, see what your situation is. And then eventually the way it works is I'm going to be handing you off to one of my team members that I think is best suited for you. Okay. That could be best suited um, because of the types of clientele you have. It could be, are we dealing with like super wealthy? Are we dealing with more blue collar? It could be just based on, you know, is this time sensitive? I want to make sure I just get you someone, you know, within the next, you know, two minutes, giving you a call back. But I will find and kind of Do a matchmaking with one of the members of my team so that they're able to take it from a to z because the way i run my business is i'm not running the quotes anymore Mm -hmm. i'm not taking um billing questions and 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 taking payments anymore and quite frankly a customer doesn't want me to do that because i'm going to do it like a hundred times slower than my team that (laughs) lives and breathes it every day right so i i get people in touch with you know who i think
0: is in their best interest perfect Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. This was awesome. I love it. I love the studio. Thank you. Yeah, you're fantastic.
0: (laughs) Thank you.